You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Flyers are back and they're kind of good. Hey everyone, I'm your temporary host with the most, Mike Z, and I'm here to lead you through a solo episode. That's right, I'm flying without my co-pilots tonight. Or I guess Joe is the pilot and Matt and I are the co-pilots? Either way. The Flyers are back, and they have us all pretty excited. Uh, Even though Matt and Joe aren't here to join us, they're excited too, trust me. Uh, They just can't make it tonight, some life stuff got in the way. Um, But I'm going to be here to break down the first three games and then get us ready for Sunday's game as well versus the Panthers, which should be maybe either a fun one or a nightmare. We'll see what happens. But before that, a word from our sponsor. Week 6 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 7 with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed weekend, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a $1 bet on any Week 7 game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings still has huge cash cash prizes up for grabs all season, along with their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. Well, back to that. I haven't done that read in a bit, so that was kind of cool. Uh, no, it wasn't. It took me like 10 takes to do it. But anyway. All right, game one. The Flyers took on the Canucks, and I got to say, the building was buzzing. I went there with my little brother, JT, who was supposed to join me tonight as a uh, temporary co-host, but couldn't. Uh, but yeah, we were really excited getting to the game. The atmosphere was awesome. The Wells Fargo Center was packed. It's the, the most packed it's been in a while. It was buzzing pretty much all night, uh, especially when the booze came in um, after that second period when Carter Hart let in, what was that, four goals in that period? Uh, but yeah, overall, not a bad start to the game. Uh, they got an early-ish goal. Um, team was buzzing on offense, I thought, the entire night, uh, maybe except through some stretches in the second period, but even then, um, I thought they looked pretty solid on offense. I, I know that we had some concerns in preseason, but I don't really think that's going to be an issue, especially not after seeing the, the first three games. So, yeah, as far as the offense goes, I mean, what more could you want from anyone that was that was playing tonight? I mean, especially the new guys. You had Derek Broussard filling in his 2C, and, you know, that was a talking point all preseason. Will he be able to step in for Kevin Hayes? And, I mean, I think he did enough that first night to show that, look, he's a vet and he can handle this job. But in games two and three, he was even better. So uh, sticking with game one, though, for right now, it wasn't all great. Uh, the penalty kill 
still struggled. They let in two goals. Yeah, they were kind of fluky and definitely on Carter Hart, but uh, I don't know. It was good kills up until then, but Carter Hart's part of the penalty kill too, so he has to be better. And, you know, he definitely struggled in the fourth period. Sorry, fourth period. The second period of that game, um, he did not let in some pretty goals. And it did really, like, you know, as good as the atmosphere was through most of the game, that second period felt like a turning point. It felt like they really lost the crowd um, because it felt like last year's team a little bit. But I give them credit. They didn't really... Well, they dwelled on it because they were the Flyers, and they're definitely emo and goth, and, you know, last year was probably a nightmare for them. So I guarantee it was in the back of all their minds, but um, they found a way to battle back. I mean, that, that third period comeback was electric. TK getting on the board, he desperately needed to score. He's, you know, already quieting some people. Um, and, you know, Drew with one of his nicest goals of all time in the with the Flyers. I mean, come on. Tell me that wasn't just absolutely sick. That was like vintage G. And the big Selly, too. We never see G Selly anymore like that. So it was really nice to see him uh, clearly pumped up for a goal. A shame that they couldn't get it done in overtime. They had a couple chances, but, um, you know, shootout loss, whatever. Uh, it didn't sully the night for me. I was feeling pretty good after that first game. Just needed to hope that Carter Hart bounced back, which, moving to game two, he did. It's, that game was exactly what you'd want to see, not just from Hart, but the team in general. I mean, look, Seattle's not good, at least from a pure talent standpoint. They drafted like an AHL roster, or, you know, slightly better. From a coaching standpoint, guys, we know Davey. He's not the coach. He's just not, uh, he's just not it. I don't know why they would have hired him when so many other options were available, but yeah. So, and then in goal, I mean, Philip Grubauer is really good, but... When Carter Hart is good, he or when Carter Hart's not playing like a, a moron, he's also very good. I'm kidding, Hart. I love you. Um, so in every sense of the the game, the Flyers were the better team on paper, and they showed it too. I mean, they really took it to Seattle. I, I don't really know what else you could say about this game, other than the fact that they're getting offense definitely from the top not top six. But it feels like the whole team. I know that the fourth line hasn't really scored or anything, and they didn't in this game. But I thought that their, you know, forecheck was pretty good. Um, you could tell that even though Max Woolman's fine, he's probably not a full-time NHLer yet. So I was excited to see what would happen uh, when they made an addition. But yeah, I thought like the team as a whole was incredible. I can't remember the Flyers have played a game that is this fun or that was this fun, and you know never in doubt like this one um they coming in tonight they were the better team they knew they were the better team and they took care of business so yeah i but in terms of specifics i mean obviously you got to give carter hart props for the bounce back performance i don't think he was tested too too much outside of of course the big breakaway save on donskoy and then that glove save uh, in the first that just absolutely sparked the team. And that's what you want from a goalie. You could see on, you know, in game one how after the team, I think, drew it to within 3-2, when Hart led in that 4-2 goal, it felt like the air just got completely sucked out of the team. And that's when they really started to dip. So tonight we saw the opposite. You know, Hart makes an incredible save. Not just one, but two, really. But one absolutely mind-blowing save. And then the Flyers are able to 
shortly after, take it back up the other way and score. Ah, that feels like the team from a couple years ago. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but the team from a couple years ago was good in transition, had a great forecheck, and they were opportunistic too. They were really good at taking advantage of big plays from their goalie. So I'm glad that Hart bounced back after, I mean, everybody buried him after that first game. And rightfully so. It was it was a really bad game, but it was also just the first one. Like, I know we're all a little shell-shocked from last year, but it'll be okay. It's a long season, for better or worse. Um, other standouts, I thought that the Broussard, Atkinson, Faraby line continued to just look amazing. Derek Broussard again. I know that he's not a 2C at this point in his career, but, I mean, hard to believe that he can't do it for at least 10 games while Kevin Hayes is out. I'm going to call that line the buzz line from now on. We tweeted about this today. Uh, but you have Joel Farabee and Cam Atkinson and Derek Broussard, who were former Columbus Blue Jackets. So the buzz line, a B and two jackets? Come on. They should pay me for that. Not the players, but the team. I should trademark that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that line is, is ridiculous. I think a lot of it is Cam Atkinson and Joel Farabee are just super smart players who are great at finding opportunity, sorry, opportunities and stealing pucks and turning that into offense. And Derek Broussard is just a pain. He is just no quit every time he's out there. So that's really no shock that that line works so well together. Um, and I also thought the, the team defense, again, was really good. I know in the Canucks game they let up a lot of shots. And I guess in the Bruins game they did too. We'll touch on that obviously next. But the team defense, I mean, Seattle didn't really generate much. The one goal was kind of a fluke. Um, I noticed that they're, the Flyers are like cutting passes a lot more. They have sticks in the lane a lot. They're not afraid to you know, sell out for that puck, um, take the hit to make the play, all those good hockey things that uh, hockey men like saying. The Flyers have been doing that stuff pretty well. So, you know, I've said it before, last year broke my brain when it comes to hockey. <laughs> um, but all this old school stuff is... Just love, I'm loving it. I, I, I don't know. There's something fun about watching this year and just taking the perspective of hockey is so dumb. Um, anyway, so game three, the final game of the first three. I don't know why I said it like that. We have another game of this homestand coming up. So uh, they were pretty outplayed by the Bruins. Um, I don't think anybody's going to argue that. The first period was uneven from the team, but I thought they hung in there pretty well against a very rusted. And to be fair, probably rusty Bruins team. But they hung in there and, again, turned defense and offense, which is just the name, the name of the game, sorry, in the modern NHL, uh, in my opinion. It's all about transitions. The fastest teams in transition are the ones that win. And the Flyers actually look pretty good in transition against a good Boston team, a fast Boston team. Um, specifically, there was a play on that I guess it was on a couple goals, actually. On the Farabee goal, or on one of the Farabee rushes up ice, and uh, on the Konechny goal, both times. So one time Farabee, and then the other time Couturier, just straight up pick pucks uh, in the neutral zone from Boston players. They just had their heads up, they saw the pass coming, they intercepted it, and then turned it into offense right back the other way in a matter of seconds. I don't remember us doing that at all last year. I know I'm exaggerating, because... The offense was actually pretty good to start the year, at least in transition. 
but this is totally different. This is like they're manufacturing the changes or the, the chances. They're not just lucking into them, which is so key, obviously. So that's really encouraging. Um, I think that also I mentioned, I made note that the team was outplayed uh, early goings a little bit. And, you know, to kind of carry that through through the other periods, the shot total, I think it was like 40 to 25 at the end of the game. Um, so, yeah. Not good, not a good look, but at the same time, a lot of those shots came from the outside. Uh, obviously, the Bruins scored a couple goals in tight, which, you know, that's just going to happen against this team, but they weren't letting up snipes from Pasternak up top or bombs from the point from McAvoy or anything like that, which I would rather goals just be scored down low like that if they're going to be scored at all than letting my goalie or having my goalie let in a, you know, a shot from the, the top of the circle that they saw all the way, so... I do like that. Again, the team defense is really impressing me in the early going. Um, One thing that I wanted to mention, too, last year, this Bruins team was, like, unbeatable for the Flyers, it felt like. Even when the Flyers had them on the mat, they couldn't put the the fork in them. I think there was that one game on NBC Sports last year where the Flyers had a 2-0 lead with, like, a minute left, and the Bruins scored twice with the empty net and then won in overtime right away. This uh, wasn't going to be the case this this time. The Flyers took a lead, and they just kept taking it to the Bruins, even after they gave the uh, the 3-1 lead up. At that point, I, I'm sure everybody was like, oh, God, here it comes again with the Bruins. Honest to God, I wasn't that worried. I know you don't believe me probably, but I don't know. This team's got a little mojo. They're, they're scoring goals like extremely easily because of their great work in transition and great work on the boards and all of that. They're generating offense like they're they're thinking while doing it they're actively creating offense they're not just lucking into it like they were a lot last year um so i wasn't really worried in a 4-4 or a 3-3 game i knew the team at least had one more goal on them or i thought they did i didn't expect them to have three but that was a that was a great sight uh 17 goals through the first three games no chance no chance that i thought that was going to happen especially with kevin hayes out of the lineup uh what else do we have Oh, game three. We saw some uh, new additions to the lineup. We had Rasmus Ristolainen made his big debut. Martin Jones made his debut, which a lot of people disagreed with the the call at first. But Jonesy played well. 37 saves on 40 shots. I'll take that every day and twice on Sunday against the Bruins. Um, But yeah, Risto in the lineup for the first time after his injury. Mixed bag from him. He obviously had two plays that you could say led directly to goals, I think, on one for sure. Um, he also threw that huge hit that seemingly led to a penalty call right after when Charlie Coyle got thrown and then decided to retaliate by taking a dump penalty on Sanheim. So the team got that power play and then went to work right before the period. That's a big momentum swing. I don't really remember hits leading to momentum at all for the Flyers last year. So that was... Uh, that was a welcome sight. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, but again, it was a mixed bag from the team overall in game one, so you got to give Risto that uh, that pass as well, in my opinion. Not a pass, but you know what I mean. You're grading on a curve for him. Uh, we also had Zach McEwen making his debut for the Flyers after being claimed on waivers. Big body, can move pretty well. Um, I'm pretty sure he dropped the gloves. Or no, did he not this time? No, I don't think he did. Uh, the team fought a lot the other night, though. Uh, but yeah, McEwen, big body, can skate, 
I think that a Thompson, McHugh, and Allison fourth line could be really fun. We'll, we'll, we'll pin that one. We'll bookmark it for when Allison comes back. Again, the buzz line, unbelievable. Just creating offense at will. Joel Farabee is a really smart player. He Every day, more and more, he reminds me of Mike Richards. He really does. With maybe like a little more Gagne to him because he does like to shoot uh, a lot. Yeah, buzz line is unreal. Incredible. First line, quiet all night, but then got the job done with TK. Really appreciate that. We need the big guys to step up at big times because, you know, they're not always going to be able to carry the weight, but you do need your big players to come through for you. Um, what else do we have, guys? I feel like we're flying through this. I'm really nervous. I'm going too, uh, too slow for everybody. Well, don't let me know because I hope I never have to do a single episode like this again. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, game three, what else do we have? I'm thinking of, of all the... It was kind of just like... I couldn't believe that they beat the Bruins 6-3, to be honest. Maybe I'll talk about that, where our expectations were and then where they are now. I know it's only three games in, so it's not like they've changed a lot. But I had this team as, like, the best they could be would probably be, like, a second or third seed in the division. The And then on the low end, I had them as, like, a low wild card team. I think I'm sticking right to that uh, prediction for right now. I feel like that's just about where this team is. They're scoring a lot. They've let in not a ton of goals, but what? Seven through the first game? Eight through the first game? Their first three games? That's not great. It's not terrible. Um, the team defense, I like what I'm seeing. As long as that holds, the goaltending should improve, I would imagine. And the offense is just great. A lot of chemistry on this team. Um, I haven't really seen anything like glaring that I think you know, we'll spell disaster for this team other than Carter Hart, <laughs> you know, if he has a meltdown, which every goal is going to have bad games. You just got to make sure that Hart has more good games than bad games. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that through the first three games, I don't know if you could have gotten three better games to see the team play. Not, I'm not saying that, you know, game one, they played well. That's not what I mean. I'm saying that they were up early in game one, got pounded in the second period, had the fans booing them, mercilessly booing them, and then they came back and, and put it together for for a big, uh, a big point at the end there. And, you know, it wasn't like one of those Flyers of old where they almost tied the game or they tie the game and drop it immediately. They didn't. They really fought for that. Um, so that was cool to see. That second game, always love a blowout, especially against Dave Haxtell. I, I don't know if that could have been better. And the third game, a win against the Bruins where your offense bails you out at the end and your backup goalie gets you the win and your backup goalie's Martin Jones in his first start with you. I mean, come on. Can't get much better than that. Uh, moving ahead, though. Uh, the Flyers will boast a 2-0-1 record as they take on the Panthers for the final game of a four-game homestand to start the year on Saturday. Panthers are playing tonight, I think. They're one of the last undefeated teams in the NHL. So, uh Let's see if they continue that tonight and if they continue it against the Flyers on Saturday. Either way, it's kind of a lose-lose for the Flyers. Uh, if they lose tonight, I'm sure they'll be pissed heading into Saturday. And if they win tonight, they're going to want to keep it rolling. But, you know, I, I think this is a really big test for the Flyers. I think that, uh, AV said that the Bruins game was going to be a measuring tape game, or measuring stick game. I think this one is too. Florida is a problem. They're going to be dangerous this year. So I think... You know, between Barkov and Huberto, 
The goaltending situation seems to be solidified there. The defense is back to playing really well, I guess. Remember they were like really bad a couple years ago? That was so random. But yeah, that that Panthers team is I mean, they're scary. They're really scary. They've made a great or they've made a lot of additions recently too to to bolster their scoring. I just think they're going to be dangerous and I think the Flyers if they're not careful, I know the Panthers were good last year too and everything. But if the Flyers aren't careful, I could totally see them kind of getting lulled into like a almost like a state of I don't know, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. They they could have like gone into this Bruins game looking at that as the one on the calendar and then go into Saturday, you know, dogging it. I hope that's not the case. Um, but I could see that happening. It feels like this is the trap game, almost. Even though it shouldn't be. This should be like the big focus. So um hoping for a win would be happy with a point uh, or a loss where they just play well. I know that stings sometimes to play well and not get the point, but again, early season, I'd rather them play well and give us something to look forward to going into the end of the year or, you know, throughout the season versus last year where they won games early and looked terrible doing it and then collapsed when, uh, you know, the COVID break hit and all that stuff. So not COVID break, uh, when the team had their COVID outbreak. And even before that, I guess, things were going sideways. So I think I'm going to leave that here. I know it was a short episode, but without my co-hosts, I don't really know. Uh, I want to do some call-outs to some players that I think have earned it through the first three games. I mean, in reality, the whole team has been pretty good. But um, in terms of specific players, Joel Farabee, six points through three games. Unreal. He's a plus seven. He's shooting at 37%, which is so funny to me. Uh, he's just doing it at both ends of the ice, too. Man, I'm so excited for him this year. He just looks like he is going to keep getting better and better. I feel like that's going to be the big win from the Ron Hextall era. I know that TK and Provy and Sani are like definitely in that, and Hart too for that matter, but oh man. Joel is like a, he's like a one-man offensive machine uh on that same note we've got Derek Broussard who would have thought that Derek Broussard would start the season with three goals and an assist uh same thing with Cam Atkinson three goals and an assist although I thought it was going to be a nice year for him Keith Yandel has five points so far this season and a couple socks to boot uh, if you guys haven't heard of the sock term look it up it's hilarious uh, Claude Giroux looking like a wily vet out there, 54% core side percentage. Sean Couturier, 55. Travis Konecti, 55. Top line's looking good. Provi, 51. Uh, Ryan Ellis looking great, too. Really, again, the whole team looks great, but I just wanted to give some, some shout-outs to there. Uh, what else can you guys expect from us? Obviously, we'll be recording next week after the weekend games. We're going to be switching to our extended schedule soon, though, so... I hope you enjoyed this mini episode where we, I mean, we really got down to brass tacks, but again, I'm sure we'll record next week and we'll bring another episode to you and stick around for our commentary on Twitter because we've been pretty funny lately. I'm not going to lie. Have a good one, Philadelphia.